0: Thank you, John. Thank you, Linda. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful we have a God that we serve who is willing and ready to forgive. And you take one step and he'll come running. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 this morning. And this is a sin we all commit. And uh is a sin that God convicted me of uh, several weeks ago. I was reading through the Bible and I thought, you know, there's something that uh, there's a sin that's accepted by all of us. And yet, um, it's a sin against Almighty God. When you're committing this sin, you are not filled with the Spirit of God. We do it all the time. In fact, worry is a form of this sin. Sometimes our prayers can be a form of this sin. You say, Pastor, what is that sin? I would say this morning, it's the sin of complaining. Complaining. Now don't raise your hand if you complain already on your way to church. Uh, Man, my wife's aches too long. I've been waiting for her. Don't don't complain, okay? And uh, someone sat in my pew this morning. Don't complain. Don't complain. All right. Uh, we are complainers, okay? And uh, we are not filled with the Spirit of God when we complain. Now, all of us, we talk to ourselves more than we talk to anyone else. All day long, we talk to ourselves. You have that conversation. With yourself, and you're thinking, you know, we kind of evaluate our lives, and we think, you know, if um, this had worked out, my life would be happier. And uh, we're always evaluating our lives. Well, if we had the privilege to be with the Apostle Paul when he was in prison, he did not complain. In fact, Paul wrote, "In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." Paul was the author, First Corinthians, chapter ten. It was written to a carnal church. And believe me, folks, if there's one thing we're guilty of now is complaining a lot. That we need to be thankful every day, not because our circumstances are good, it's because God is good all the time. And God is good all the time. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, he says, Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured. We're destroyed by the destroyer. When I read that, I thought, you know, the Satan got him. No, the destroyer was God Almighty. If you are in the habit of complaining, you are miserable. It doesn't matter how good your life is if you complain all the time. You are miserable. Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Now, verse thirteen. We use in general for all kinds of sin and it does apply. But I believe that uh, Paul is specifically talking about the sin of complaining. Verse 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that year able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Let's pray. Father, I ask that this morning you would fill me with your spirit. Lord, I desire to say those things that you want me to say. Father, I realize that all complaining is against you. Lord, I ask that I would be controlled by your spirit so I could help someone out this morning. Uh, Lord, we don't want to be guilty of complaining. Uh, Lord, it's a sin that we do so often that we accept it. And it's not acceptable in your eyes. And so, Lord, I I pray for anyone here this morning that uh, may be discouraged. Uh, Lord, perhaps someone's here this morning that isn't saved. I ask, Lord, that you would bring conviction to their heart. And, Lord, that you would save them today. In Jesus' name, amen. This past Monday, Labor Day, my wife and I decided to go out to the Lake of the Woods Park. And uh, when we were driving through the park, I said, Lynn, there's not a lot of people here. And I thought, you know, for Labor Day, it seems like there'd be more people in the park. And then I found out why, because in 45 minutes, it started to rain really hard. But as I was driving down the road, I went to where the gardens were, and Lynn had made a delicious meal for us. And uh, as I was driving, I passed this lady, and she had a, a little boy she was holding on to. And um, I looked at the handicapped parking spaces. They were all open. And I said, great! I can park in a handicapped parking spot. And so I parked and I got out my uh, little tag and put it on the uh, uh, mirror and stepped out. And this lady was staring at me and um, she goes, is that you, Bob? And this lady from outside the church and she's been here a couple of times. I said, yeah, she said, oh, I was kind of irritated. I was thinking, no way, that guy is too young to have a handicapped sticker. I was going to, I know her, she was going to get on me because she's told me in the past that she's gotten on people that have parked in handicapped parking spots. And, uh, you know, folks, that's an illustration of what we do all the time. If there are blanks, we fill in the blank. We know some facts, but we fill, and one thing, she was wrong. I'm not a young man, all right? I don't know if she needed some, some better glasses or something, but... Uh, You know, when she realized who it was, she thought, oh, you are handicapped. But we do that all the time. We have some of the facts, but we're so good at filling in the blanks. Now think about life. All of us are too small. We don't know enough facts to fill in the blanks. I believe that we would not complain about life, situations, and circumstances if we knew why God allowed those things to happen. Oh, we complain all the time. And all complaining is against God. And if we were in heaven right now, and God would say to us, this is why these things are happening, you would say, you know, Lord, I don't like them, but I understand you have a purpose and you have a plan. We'd say, God, instead of complaining... I'm going to rejoice. If you're taking notes this morning, first of all, the command. Verse 10 Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, to find out what Paul was talking about, you have to turn your Bibles back to Numbers chapter 16. Moses was the leader. It's an interesting chapter if you could spend some time just reading that chapter. Uh, They didn't like Moses' leadership. That's the only thing Moses did wrong. I didn't like what Moses did. And so Korah decided he was to get two other individuals, and uh, he got those two other individuals upset. And so there's three of them. And then they went and they talked to 250 other people. Now, in Numbers chapter 16, verse 2, the Bible says, And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. So these were just not anyone. These were important men. These were leaders. And all this was going on behind the scene. And all of a sudden they come to Moses and said, Moses, notice in verse 3, And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you. Now what they were saying to Moses Moses, who left you as boss? Now God did. What they were saying to Moses, Moses, We don't like what you're saying to us. We don't like the shots, or or you call the shots. We don't like that. Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy. Every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then lift up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this text, but folks... They don't like Moses's leadership. Remember Moses in Exodus chapter three when God called him to lead the children of Israel. You Notice know, he said, "Lord, use Aaron. I, I can't even speak." And so behind the scenes, this was going on, and uh, they come to Moses and they said, "Moses, who are you? Who set you up to be the leader? We don't like your style of leadership. We don't like this about you." I like what Moses did, verse four. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. God told Moses, You go to those people and you say to those people, All right, you come out tomorrow to the tent of the congregation. And then God, and Moses falls on his face and he prays for these people. Now, maybe Moses was wrong about some things, but they were complaining against Moses, against the man of God. And when they were complaining against the man of God, they were complaining against God Almighty. God said to Moses, Moses, you stay away from them. Then God caused the earth to open up. All 250 men, plus those three men, were swallowed up. And fire devoured them. And the Bible says that the children of Israel ran. They hid. But when it gets amazed the next morning, they come to Moses and says, Moses, you killed them. Not like Moses had some way to push some button to make them the, world, or the earth to swallow them up. See, folks, God hates complaining. The next day he killed 16,700 by a plague. It was Paul that wrote this, that also wrote in Philippians 2.14, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain." Now, folks, it doesn't matter what happened to you. It doesn't matter how bad you've been hurt. It doesn't give you a right to complain. With this coronavirus, I hear all kinds of people complain. Folks, who allowed this coronavirus to reach us? God did. Now, we live in a world full of complainers. In Deuteronomy 1, verse 27, the Bible says that God said, To the children of Israel, I heard you complaining in your tents. You know, when no one's around and we don't want people to hear us, God hears us. And all complaining is against God. God hates complaining. His name and reputation are being torn apart. God hates it. Folks, we got to be careful that we don't fall into the trap of complaining because it's easy in this day to complain about different things. All complaining is against God. I believe with all my heart that one reason why a lot of young people leave our churches is because they hear mom and dad complain. And when you hear mom and dad always complain about how bad things are, well, what kind of God is that? And when you complain against the leadership of the church, why would they want to go to church when they're older? I wouldn't want to go to church, and especially if you want your kids to go into the ministry and you complain about how hard the ministry is. Uh, folks, how, why, why would young people want to surrender their lives and go into the ministry? We have to be careful that we don't fall into the trap of complaining. He says in verse 15, Philippians chapter 2, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as light in the world. Verse 16, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Now think about this last week, even think about this morning. Did you wake up complaining? Did you complain about the weather? Uh, did you complain about how slow the driver was in front of you this morning? Uh, are you just in that habit of complaining? Now think about the poor testimony we have in front of others. People that aren't even saved. And then they realize that you are a Christian. And you spend much of your conversation, much of your life complaining. And they're thinking, I don't want that kind of God. Why, if that God is so mean to them, I don't want that kind of guy. That's why the Apostle Paul says, holding forth the word of life. You see, the prisoners and the, uh, the guards over the Apostle Paul did not hear Paul complaining. Paul didn't complain. He rejoiced in the Lord. We can fall into that trap of complaining and it will cause you to be miserable and bitter and will destroy your life. I'm thankful that God is very gracious today. I'm thankful that he is a God of love and patience and long-suffering. You see, the church gathers to be edified so that we can be spread out during the week to evangelize. And if we don't have the right spirit, how can we evangelize? And God has placed us here strategically uh, for a very important purpose. Now, God's not telling us to separate from the lost. He's telling us to insulate ourselves from the world's philosophies and to practice isolation from the people of the world, from the things that they do, not from the people, but from uh, the people. philosophies of the world. He says, verse 15, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. So secondly, we see the counsels. He gives us the command. The counsel is, verse 11, Now all these things happen unto them for in samples, that they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. I mean, when I was in grad school at Maranatha, uh, I uh, had my wife type the papers out for me. And many times I had to have a 10-page paper. and I did not like when she would say to me, Bob, it only comes to eight pages. I'm like, oh. And I knew the professor wanted 10 pages. And I'm at Eight. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have to somehow stretch this into 10 pages. And believe me, I would go to books and I would try to add more material to make it last 10 pages. And finally, she'd say, because typewritten pages are a lot, or print is a lot smaller than my handwritten print. And finally, when she said, You got enough for 10 pages, I'm thinking, Oh, praise the Lord. God did not put this example in there as filler, He put this in there for an admonition. He put this in there so that it would get our attention today. Now all these things happen unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. I am thankful that God warns us. And he desires for all of us this morning to stop complaining. Because we serve a good God. And God wants the best in our lives. God has been far better to you than you have been to him. Now you think about all the times people have hurt you and uh, things didn't go your way. Think about all the times we've hurt God. And God is so gracious and God is so loving. God took them out of um, Egypt, out of captivity. What do they do? They complain. They complained they didn't have water, and they complained that they didn't have meat. All that complaining, several times the Bible says that all that complaining wasn't against Moses, it was against God Almighty. Not only look at the counsel, but the caution, verse 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. I've read these verses many, many times. But he's talking about complaining. Uh, he, he's talking about the sins that the children of Israel fell into. Uh, he mentions complaining. He said that's a terrible sin because it leads to other sins. So here is his caution: Wherefore, lay him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Right now, all of us could be thinking, you know what, Pastor? I don't complain that much, but think about it: all complaining is sin. All complaining is against God. Abusive speech is against God. Why did God give us the ability to talk? Because God desires for us to talk to Him. How much time do you spend in prayer? How much time have you spent in encouraging others? How much time have you spent telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ? How much time have you spent magnifying his name by singing? See, God did not give us our mouths to complain against him. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Now the person that complains, it speaks far more about that person that complains than the person they're complaining about or the situation. Because the Bible says out of the heart, what's in the heart will come out of the mouth. And if you're around someone that complains a lot, it's going to spread to you and it's like a cold and you're going to start complaining before you realize your life is going to be miserable and you're not going to enjoy the things that God has given to you. And you need to understand this. We are way too small. And we have very little information. We don't understand all the facts. And we try to put in to those blank areas what we think. Abusive speech hurts our witness. Then notice the cure. I love that God has a cure for everything. In verse 32, or verse 13, I'm sorry. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that year able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Now God loves us. And that's why he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross of Calvary for all of us. You get, if you're saved, you get to spend all eternity in heaven. I was writing my blessings out this morning. Jesus could come right now. And as Linda is saying this morning, come home. I think sometimes what's keeping us from enjoying the joy of the Lord is complaining against Him. And we all are guilty of that. You complain about your kids, and you complain about uh, your job, and you complain about uh, your, your spouse. Folks, stop complaining. Get on the road of being thankful. It will change your life. He said, "There hath no temptation taken you. God will never put you in a situation that is too much for you that you have to complain." He'll never do that. We complain about a government, we complain about taxes. We complain, complain if the uh, price of gas is too high. Folks stop complaining. I'm preaching to myself. We've got to stop complaining. God will never, ever put us in a situation where we have to complain. Sometimes I believe God sends us into situations that we don't like. He already knows if we're going to complain, but he sends us into these situations. Have you ever had a bad day? And during that bad day, things got worse. And you think, God, I have enough things already going on in my life. Why would you sin more? Why, why would you allow the stove to break down or the car to break down or this person? Why, Lord, I have enough already on my plate. Have You ever thought maybe God allowed those things to happen to see what your response would be? He already knows your response, but he's just showing you that you don't have the right view of God. We'd say God is good, God is good all the time. God is loving. God cares about you. But then we complain. We really don't believe that in our hearts. He said, there is no temptation taking you. Expect trials and temptations. Part of life. I don't understand why God does what he does down here. I will never understand that. But whatever he brings my way, I need to be thankful for because God is not out to hurt us he's out to help us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 it said there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man so the temptations that you face you're not the only one the person next to you has the same temptation we all fall into the same trap. Who will not suffer you to be tempted? I'll love that. there has no temptation to take you, but such as coming to men. but God is faithful. God is faithful. God will always keep His promises. He knows all the facts, and he's been patient with you. He's been patient with me. It's not our job to criticize and complain because it's all against Him. God wants us to be joyful Christians and to think about others. He is faithful. He's faithful in his words. He's faithful in his character. He's faithful in every promise when he said Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. Will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. So he's never going to put us in a place that we complain and we have to complain. I'm thankful for that. And folks, just because you have been offended doesn't make. Or does it mean that you're right? Look what's going on in our country today. I gotta finish, so we're gonna protest, and I gotta finish, so we're gonna riot. And many times uh, they're protesting and they're writing over some information that was not right. It was just part of the information, but then we, we respond the same way. God says, don't do that. Give it to God. I love Moses' response. He prayed. He turned to God that we may be able to bear it. God will never give us more than we can handle. And there's always a way to escape. And that way is the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this morning, I don't know what situation you're facing. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe your life is completely different than it was Maybe you're discouraged this morning. Remember, there is a way to escape. It's not by complaining. That'll just make you miserable. That'll just lead you down the wrong road. You know what that way is? Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, there is a way out of your situation. God may not change the circumstances, but trust in Christ. Remember when Jesus Christ was being whipped? They placed a crown of thorns on his head, he was beaten by rods, they punched him in the face with their fist. He never complained. He was a perfect example. You said, I can't be like that. If you're saved, he's living in your heart. And that's where all of us need to say, God, I don't like what's going on in my life. And I may not understand it, but you're loving and you're good. And you're out for my best and you're good all the time. And I'm going to trust in you and I'm going to stop complaining. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And I believe all of us that are saved this morning, we're careful about what comes out of our mouth. I don't like it. When I hear on television and we turn off the movie after a swear word, and uh, if I'm in a public and I hear someone taking the Lord's name in vain, I don't like it. And many of you, you don't like it. But when we complain, we're taking the Lord's name in vain. You're saying, God, I don't like what you're doing to me in my life right now. I deserve better. And it comes from an entitlement attitude. It comes from a heart of pride. God, I deserve better. Folks, we don't deserve better. We all deserve hell. And by the wonderful grace of God, we are what we are today. God convicted me of complaining. I still complain. But at least I realize it's against God. All complaining is. Because God is sovereign. And God is over my situation and is over your situation. Let's not be like, example that Paul tells us about where they went against Moses and they complained and there was some truth but God said you're complaining against me. Uh, Moses didn't have a button to open up the ground. God Almighty did that because the complaining is against God Almighty. Let's bow our heads and hearts for a word of prayer.